Good evening, dear community. So tonight we'll continue our exploring the practices of the Brahma Viharas. And so we're we'll I'll share a little bit about the practice of compassion, karuna. And then we'll do a compassion meditation. So compassion is the, not just the intention to relieve suffering, but it's also the capacity to care and alleviate Uh, pain in ourselves and in others. So it's this willingness to be there when there's difficulty. So it's compassion is really what metta or loving kindness does in the face of suffering. So loving kindness is the wish to bring well-being, to bring joy, and compassion is what loving-kindness turns into when suffering is present. So it's this willingness to have an open heart in the face of our own or others' pain, to not turn away, to not numb out, but to turn towards that experience with love. If we think of a child that's, you know, hurt hurt themselves somehow, and we, you know, that natural instinct to move towards them, to do whatever we can to care for them, Thich Nhat Hanh says, if we have compassion in our hearts, every thought, word, and action can generate a miracle. John Wellwood writes, the heart itself cannot break for its very nature is soft and open. What breaks open when we see things as they are is the protective shell of ego identity that we've built around ourselves in order to avoid feeling pain. When the heart breaks out of this shell, we feel quite raw and vulnerable, yet this is also the beginning of feeling real compassion for ourselves and others. Shelley spoke about the Bodhisattva Avalokiteshvara. The statue is there at the back of the hall. The Bodhisattva means a great being. And this is the great being of compassion, the embodiment of compassion, which is really an archetype, meaning 
Every one of us has this capacity to be manifesting great compassion, just like this bodhisattva. The name Avalokiteshvara means the one who hears the cries of the world, the one who listens and responds to the suffering in the world. This is from the Plum Village uh, chanting book uh, invoking the Bodhisattva's names. This is just the paragraph for Avalokiteshvara. We invoke your name, Avalokiteshvara. We aspire to learn your way of listening in order to help relieve the suffering in the world. You know how to listen in order to understand. We invoke your name in order to practice listening with all our attention and open-heartedness. We will sit and listen without any prejudice. We will sit and listen without judging or reacting. We will sit and listen in order to understand. We will sit and listen so attentively that we will be able to hear what the other person is saying and also what is being left unsaid. We know that just by listening deeply, we already alleviate a great deal of pain and suffering in the other person. And I would add in ourselves too. I've been very moved to witness many Avalokiteshvaras here in this retreat, in our groups, how you've listened to each other with an open heart. This is a real gift we can offer to ourselves and to others, to just really hear what's happening, to slow down enough to honor what may be just there beneath the surface. The Quakers call this listening someone into wholeness, returning to wholeness is our retreat. So, uh, There's a beautiful story of a a Vietnam veteran, Claude Anshin Thomas, who went on to become a, a Zen teacher, a Buddhist teacher. But he had gone to Vietnam at age 17 and had some really, really tragic experiences there that left him unable to sleep, unable to really function when he returned. And he couldn't tell anybody what happened, uh, the kind of devastation that he saw and participated in. He just told his mother, and and his mother said, these are the things that happen in war. Um, But he just felt full of shame, full of... um, 
self-hatred and So he heard about a retreat that the Plum Village community was offering for Vietnam veterans on both sides. So there were people from Vietnam, there were people from the U.S. This was in the 80s. And he was so... uh, full of fear still that he put booby traps around his tent on the retreat because he thought maybe people with these cone hats from Vietnam were were really Viet Cong who were going to ambush him. And he participated in the retreat and um, couldn't say anything, couldn't, couldn't say what happened, but it was very clear he was carrying a lot of suffering. And so... Thich Nhat Hanh and a few other lay and monastic practitioners invited him to just be in a circle where they would just listen to him. And so they sat with him in the meditation hall and they sat and sat and sat, I think for some hours, and he, he, couldn't, he couldn't say anything. And they... They kept sitting, listening, listening even to his silence until finally he was able to tell this very painful story. I won't tell you the details, but something he was so devastated by that had happened to him and that he also uh, participated in. And the community was able to really listen to him and offer him acceptance, offer him a way to understand what had happened to him uh, in the war, and offer him a way to heal. So this willingness to be there with someone in their suffering and and listen them into their wholeness he wrote a a book at the i think it's called at the gates of hell um, if you want to learn more about that story We can all cultivate this capacity to meet suffering with compassion. Now, Claude Anchin Thomas leads people on healing pilgrimages and walks for peace in places like Auschwitz. Um, So his life has been dedicated now to healing transforming suffering. (coughs) So, there are 
different flavors of compassion. We've been talking about the different flavors of love. There's a, a yin quality of compassion, which is nurturing and tender, and that's usually the way we understand compassion. That's usually how we use it in our uh, language. But there's also a yang flavor to compassion. We call this fierce compassion, a way of being compassionate by setting boundaries, by saying no, by being protective, by taking action. This is the Avalokiteshvara statue with one knee up and one leg down, ready to move into the world, to respond to um, wherever there is suffering. The Chipko movement of women in India who would hug trees to protect them from being logged. This was a peasant and women's movement for forest rights. This was fierce compassion in action. Putting their bodies on the line to say these trees are precious. We have to protect them. And they were successful in doing that. I had the fortune to work for a a wonderful woman in the north of Denver when I, the year before I decided to go to ordain. Uh, her name is Lorraine Granado. And in that area of Denver, which was mostly Latinx, um, there was a chemical company that had um, polluted the whole neighborhood. Environmental racism uh, was very much the name of the game. She had thyroid disease. So many people had thyroid disease because of the chemicals in the soil, in the water. She was a single mom with two kids. And she manifested fierce compassion by deciding this was not going to stand. She managed to gather the community together and take this big company to court, but not in a way where she demonized them. She was able to connect with the leadership and bring them to the negotiating table, but also say, How can we work together? They agreed to replace the top six inches of soil in the whole neighborhood and that a certain percentage of their employees would always come from that neighborhood. So there was this resisting fiercely the disregard to the people of her community but also the compassion of saying, 
we can all become more human through this. So I just want to give you an update on the company I mentioned. (laughs) I I have been practicing. (laughs) Making some progress. I wanted to give you a progress report. I called my contact at that company and I said, you know, you know, I'm really disappointed. This really didn't work for me the way this has un- unfolded. And, and I really want to hold you all accountable. And I have appreciated your services. And I know you can do better. I know we can figure this out together. I'm not trying to just, you know, jump ship here. And the person I spoke with was very... Uh, very compassionate, very uh, responsive, and said, look, write all this up. I will take it to my uh, manager and my the co-owner, and I completely agree this shouldn't have happened the way it did, and we, we want to do whatever we can to make it right. So I I did send that email, and it was, I think, a fierce compassion email, you know, and uh, I felt much more at peace after talking to him, because I wasn't just making up a story in my head about them and, you know, what they thought of me and taking advantage of me, right? It was like, no, wait a minute, and just to see there was, you know, misunderstandings that happened on their side that wasn't intentional. They were making, you know, amends, he was apologizing, so, you know... not jumping to conclusions. So, So, let's do this practice of offering ourselves compassion And this, so we'll do three different steps here. We'll turn towards any part of our self that has suffering, whether it's physical suffering, whether it's mental suffering. We'll offer ourselves kindness, this willingness to be with that part of ourselves that's in pain. And then we'll turn towards someone that we know in our lives that has some kind of difficulty of, of any kind. It could also be an animal being or a plant being. If we don't have a person that comes to mind. And in the third step we extend our compassion to someone, some group, some place in the world that we may not have a direct connection with, although we might, but we'll extend our compassion more broadly to 
to wherever we are aware uh, that there is suffering, that there is pain. You know, this could be, you know, animals that are being, you know, put in shelters or not cared for, um, people who are suffering from war or natural disasters or species that are struggling in the oceans or in um, you know, threatened with extinction. It could be the water or... You know, so whatever it is that you are in touch with, that you are aware of, whether it's people or place or animals, plants... And then at the, at the end of the practice, I will offer a chant invoking Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of Compassion. And, and we'll do these steps with the chant. So I'll chant and it will, it will be a more rhythmic movement from self to a loved one to uh, some being in the world, extending compassion with the chant. So finding a posture of ease, of restfulness, Connecting with the body, feeling the breath, allowing a softening through the body. Just giving the weight of your body over to the support of the earth. Connecting with the heart center. This area in the center of the chest, not the literal heart, the anatomical heart, but the center of the chest, this energy center. Perhaps breathing into this center of the chest and breathing out from this center. Be 
becoming aware of some kind of suffering that you have, that you are experiencing in this moment. And offering yourself compassion, care, tenderness for this experience of suffering, whatever it might be. And I will offer some phrases that you might like to whisper silently to yourself, to recite for yourself. And you're welcome to use other phrases of your own. I care about this suffering. May I hold my pain with compassion and tenderness. I'm here for you, my dear pain. May this suffering cease. May it be eased. So finding the phrases that feel supportive for you and repeating them softly to yourself. If you like, you can also try putting one hand or two hands over your heart center to physically offer yourself this expression of compassion. I care about this suffering. May I hold this pain with compassion and tenderness. May this suffering be eased.
May the suffering cease. May I be held in the arms of great compassion. Continuing silently on your own. Offering phrases and the genuine wish for the relief of your pain. Extending your care to this pain. I care about this suffering. Listening deeply to yourself. I'm here for this pain.
You're welcome to continue with compassion for self if that feels right, but I'll offer instructions for sharing compassion with someone else. You're welcome to relax your arms at any point. Now bring to mind someone in your life who may be in pain. This could be a person, this could be an animal being or a place that's dear to you. Someone, some being that you know that may be struggling right now. Someone that you care about. Bringing their image to mind, connecting with the suffering that they are experiencing, the difficulty, the challenge, and offering them these wishes full of compassion. I care about your pain. May this pain be held in compassion and tenderness. May this suffering be eased May you be held in the arms of great compassion. Finding whatever phrases work for you and letting this genuine wish for the alleviation of their suffering flow out from your heart, from your being, to this other being. I care about your suffering. May you hold this pain with compassion and tenderness. May this suffering be eased. May you be held in the arms of great compassion.
continuing on your own in the silence, genuinely wishing for the relief from this pain. You can stay with this being if that feels right for you. And I will now invite you to bring to mind a situation in the world where there is suffering. Perhaps a person that's not a direct contact, a direct uh, person that you know, but someone you may have heard about, read about, a group of people, an animal species, a plant species, a place on the planet or a system, a planetary system of water or air, earth. Allowing this situation of suffering to come to mind, the beings that are suffering in this situation Getting an image of these beings, this being. And their pain. And turning towards them with a deep wish for the the relief from this pain. Offering these or whichever phrases work for you. I care about this pain. May this suffering be held with compassion and tenderness.
May this suffering be held in the arms of great compassion. May this pain be soothed and eased. May it cease completely, this pain. I care about this pain. May this pain be held with compassion and tenderness. May this pain be soothed and eased. May this suffering cease. As I chant, Namo Valokiteshvaraya, homage to the Bodhisattva of great compassion, I will chant in three different melodies. The first melody, we offer compassion to our own suffering. The second time I chant, we send our compassion to someone close to us who is in pain. And with the third melody, we send our compassion to wherever in the world there is suffering. And I will repeat the chant a few times. Namo valo Namo 
Thank you for your practice. And as we transition now into our walking, if this feels supportive, you might continue with compassion as you walk for yourself, for others. And as you plant your feet on the ground, Letting compassion come into you and letting compassion flow out of you as you walk. Maybe even continuing with the phrases if you found them helpful. Or just staying connected to the wish for the easing of pain. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.